Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, one and all, to Dice Heads, your one-stop podcast and media centre for all things dice and tabletop gaming. At Dice Heads, we aim to make everything accessible, so no matter who you are, everybody games without discrimination. So come join us and become part of the all-inclusive gaming revolution that is Dice Heads. What's up, guys? Chad here again. Last time, shit hit the fan real, real fast. Uh, all of our characters woke up in this town. We had no idea how we got there. We didn't even trust each other in the beginning. And wouldn't you know that trying to just get a single thing of alcohol turned into a fight with the living dead? <laughs> and basically, skeletons attacked. Uh, boomerangs were needed to be thrown. Windows were broken. Pants were shit in, maybe. Uh, I mean, Grog probably <laughs> did. You know, he had gas. Uh, go back and, you know, you got it. Yeah, that won't make any sense if you haven't watched the first episode. But yeah, Grog had gas. We all fled. And now we ended up in a temple. And there's some weird ass hooded dude that said that uh, it's our job to make sure that the, the dead pass on. Not sure why that became our job, but I guess we'll find out soon. If there's a strong drink in it, Grog can do it. I got a drink right now. Welcome everyone to this exclusive one shot, the Dungeon Daddy's Disciple. Kicking off the Dicehead Revolution, T and Cleaves of the Seesaw Podcast. Chad Michael Bowden of Hindsight is 20 slash 200. Andrew DM Richard from Night to the Bridge. Over the course of the series, join Brago, MP, and Grog as they find themselves in an eerie seaside town with no way to get home. Do they have the strength to overcome the trials that the Dungeon Daddy has in store? Let the dice decide. We have had the recap, and to set the scene for you all once again, you have entered into the Temple of Erebus. You have met a rather old, hunched-looking individual who has a hood over his head so you can't exactly see all of his face you can see the shape of it his cloak is rather worn but you notice the emblem on his cloak is rather well taken care of I don't it always impresses me how in fantasy media there's always the hood you can't see the face in because it's so pitch black Imagine hoods, mate. I know, apparently so. So, Krog is immediately suspicious of this man because he's not a bartender. <laughs> I'm suspicious of him not because he's not a bartender. I'm suspicious because there's a man in a dark hood that we can't see the face of, and he just told us that apparently it's our job to help the dead pass on. So that's probably why I'm suspicious, Krog. Let's, let's chat to him. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a smooth talker. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think if anyone can get some, something out of him, it should be you, MP. Hey, guy, who are you? What are you doing here? The name is Ichabod. Like the cranes. I like that name. I am the priest of Erebus. Who's Erebus? 
the god of death. Oh, that's not really exactly what I wanted to hear. So we're in a temple of death. Awesome. Is mm. this a temple or a tomb, and why are we here? <laughs> Good question. It is a temple to worship the god Erebus, because all of us eventually meet him when things are properly aligned. What if we've lived a good life? Can we meet someone else? <laughs> Do you still not have to die? Oh, it's one of those situations. <laughs> it is. I, what's Erebus's job? Is it to judge me? Erebus does not judge. He welcomes you into the afterlife. Oh, it sounds like a good guy. Okay, what? so um, when you say welcome to the afterlife, are we in the afterlife? Have you died? I don't think I died. <laughs> I'm dying at first. <laughs> then you are not. You all have been brought here to help Erebus be able to carry souls and welcome them into the afterlife because his brother Phoenix has stopped the portal by collecting souls into soul jars to prevent them from heading to the afterlife, thus remaining here in extreme torture and pain for all of their eternity. Why is his brother doing this? What's his endgame? To gain power and to defeat his brother Erebus, whom he despises at all costs. Okay, I'll play. What do we get out of this? Quark needs a drink, but Quark also wants more money for a drink. What would you rather have other than the favor of a god? A drink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, frankly, uh, favor the god of death. No thanks. Like, uh, apologies, sir, person of God, um, but uh, he kind of favors alcohol more than his own life. So there's that. And um, my question is not so much what do we get out of this, but why in the world were we three chosen? I mean, there could have been many other selections. Uh, why specifically did we three get summoned here? What is it of me to know the mind of a god? And I do not know what Erebus will favor you with. Perhaps it is a vintage of alcohol from the underworld. Perhaps it is a vintage of godly wine. It is not me to tell what he will favor you with. So no more cloak man. Mission accepted. What do we need to do? I'm not necessarily accepting this mission just yet. Especially uh, with you, Grog. I'm, I, um, <laughs> what happens uh, if we don't accept the mission? Then whenever you die, for we all do die, you will be trapped in a soul jar with extreme pain, torment, and displeasure, living your worst memories over and over for all of eternity until someone who is worthy enough takes the challenge and can defeat the enemy within. Okay, based on that, how many people have come before us and failed? The number to be counted has been forgotten. Oh, that sounds oh, that's, like a that's, lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes me feel just great. This, Still, I don't like the, the idea of the soul torture either. Yeah, it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like we can accept the test and 
finish it and then go upon our merry ways, or we cannot accept it and then basically face eternal punishment for the rest of our unnatural lives. Eternal torment and punishment. Yeah, I'm as much as I don't want to accept this quest, I don't want to uh, have to deal with that. So I guess I'm fucked and I have to do it anyways. Who are you, old man? And what does the emblem mean on your cloak? I am the last living member of this once fine port side village of Orichnir. And this symbol is a symbol of Erebus. And you will see that it is a serene face, like accepting the fate of what is going to happen. Like not quite a smile, but not quite a frown either. If you're the last surviving person here, firstly, how did you survive when everyone else is dead? And secondly, how did everyone else die? There is a storm that comes from the mountain in Hera's cave that sweeps forth from the land. If one stays in here, I do not know why, but for some reason they seem to survive. So you mean if they stay inside the temple, they will not suffer the wrath of Hera's cave? Yes. So I guess that would stand to reason that whatever's coming from Hera's cave might be the cause of why everybody in this town has died. So I wonder if that might be a good place for us to start looking for what could be causing the souls to not be able to pass on. Seems fair. But uh, how far away is this cave? It is but a day's journey. What sort of perils might we encounter on this day's journey? I can't imagine it's going to be easy to just get to Harris Cave. It is a rather straight shot, for no one ventures there ever since this male came to this village several years ago. And ever since then, the souls have been unable to pass on. It doesn't sound too bad, but I mean, we we should be cautious as we journey towards the cave. We don't know what could happen. Let's just be fair. Before we go to the cave, and that does sound like the best option, all things considered, but let's just look at the other option. Are there any boats out of here? Sure. But do we want to take them considering the torment part? Is he going to get us everywhere, or is it just in this particular village that we're going to get? I think a a god is omnipotent, MP. Mm. I I don't think it matters where you go. He's going to get you. No, you've got to ask the questions, man, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Grog arrived on the boat, and the boat was bonesy, to say the least. So Grog wouldn't recommend the boat. Unless you know how to navigate a boat on your own. Uh, I mean, go ahead, but I don't think you'll find any crewmates around this part of town. All right, fine. In that case, guys, are we uh, we going to the cave? I don't think we have any choice, to be honest. I feel our backs are against the wall, and the only way to get out of this is to maybe try and look what's going on with that cave. Grog agrees. He has his bottles. Let's go. Let's do it, then. Let's head for the cave. Before you go, allow me to help you a little. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out three vials of a pink 
liquid and hands them to each of you, one apiece. And he also reaches in and pulls out a scroll that he holds out to whoever will take it. We'll call the, <laughs> the vials will heal you slightly if you are injured. And Erebus tells me that this, and he holds out the scroll then, will come in handy for what I do not know. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'll hold on to that then. I'll take the scroll. Cool, Grace. I grabbed the scroll from uh, the priest of Erebus' hands and uh, put it into my uh, my bag. Are you okay to hold your vial, Grog? Are you just going to drink it instantly? <laughs> I mean, Grog will, on this one occasion, not immediately drink the liquid. Ichabod will say, and does one of you know of a palm? That'd be me, baby. I have a feeling that you will regret what you did. Oh, great. I left him to die! <laughs> I think he was more referring to the fact that you just called a priest of the dead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. He lowers back his hood, and you see, like, the Crypt Keeper kind of deal. The wrinkled face, wispy hair. I am but 17 years old. Shit, Sheila, how did you get here? My ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what beauty routine you deal, but it is not working. <laughs> I entered the cave and fell in my attempt to help the souls. Yeah, this guy's a little bit young, though, isn't he? I was believing everything he was saying so far because he seemed old and wizened. Now he seems young and cocksure and maybe he failed because he was too young and just ran straight in. Whereas we've got Grog to do that and then we'll pick up the pieces. <laughs> well, Grog has his trusty boomerang. <laughs> sure. Well, save you. I feel three adventurers might uh, be able to succeed where one adventurer might have failed. So possibly with our uh, powers and wits combined, we, uh, we should be able to overcome this cave. With our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Erebus thanks you for your acceptance of the quest. Sweet. And thank you for the shot. It will go down very nicely. What do you all do? Do you want to, like, say, rest here? Do you want to head on out to the cave? Uh, get welcome to wander around town? I have a, I have a quick question for uh, D.D., the dungeon daddy. The dungeon daddy. <laughs> dungeon daddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a quick question for Dungeon Daddy. Um, are any of us currently still intoxicated, gassy? <laughs> you still have the gassy, although the intoxication is. You were like buzzing, so it is gone. MP now has like a slight buzz. Am I able to ask how our hit points are looking right now? Yeah, have any of you taken any damage? From Not that I recall. I don't think so. Either. No, the only one who actually fought for anything right, was right. me, and yeah. I, they missed. 
Okay. Yeah. Grog is so devastating. Uh, I, I, I was just asking because if so, then resting might have been a good idea to do. But if we're all good, then I guess we should probably move on since none of us are encumbrant or anything. Let's hit the road. Wait, do we want to ra- try and ransack a few houses first? Can we just mm. have a quick... There's skeletons <laughs> in the house that we left. Mm, there were other skeletons. Do you really want to start poking around, potentially mm. dying before you even got to this place? That's a good point. We've crossed that bridge once before, and it uh, led to skeleton infestation. Yeah, um, just trying. Yeah, I mean, just trying to get alcohol turned out to be a shit show. I, I say we avoid the houses and try and get to that cave as fast as we can. Okay, yeah, let's do it. You can ransack them afterwards. Not that the the people are going to come back to life, are they? So they'll probably let you do it for free. They'll probably be happy to let you ransack their houses. Gog agrees. All right, let's. Uh, well, all right, um, priest of Erebus. Uh, I guess we're going to be on our way to that cave of Hera. So let's uh, just luck. As you turn to say this to him, he is no longer there. I should have known. Hmm, that's no way alarming. Was Gog drunk too much again? No, probably gone back to his soldier. <laughs> well, I guess there's no point of staying around here. Let's get towards that cave. Do we know where this cave is? You said it was about a day's away from the town. Yeah, yeah. you would you would see the mountain from any point in the village. It's the only mountain around. And I'm pr- I, I mentioned as we're leaving, I, I'm pretty sure I recall seeing the mountain as we were walking around uh, the town as you got uh, got us going the wrong direction. So I think we had plenty <laughs> of time to take in the mountain. So I feel if we keep our eyes on the mountain, we shouldn't get lost. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Gorg agrees. All right. As uh, you begin to walk on the main street of the village heading towards the mountain again the fog clings to the ground and seems to be rather thick uh, almost dampening your pants or shoes with its thickness uh, again you hear owls in the distance a couple of howls of wolves and you're coming up on the edge of the city and you, you have continued to hear the like sighing and stomping and then sliding mm-hmm. of feet. What is absent is there's no frogs croaking, <laughs> no crickets, uh, no no bugs of any real kind whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You continue to see like in your periphery shadows moving, but unable to focus in on any of those. The moon has risen into the sky and is is full there randomly clouds will go over it a few stars in the sky and you're coming up on the exit of the city and there's a wrought iron fenced in area off to your right and Mm -hmm. from this vantage point you can see several headstones that line the what you will know now to be a graveyard the like middle part of the fence where a gate would be, you notice that it is torn down and is hanging off of just one remaining hinge as you walk up to this being on your right. Dungeon Daddy, does it look like anyone has broken in or better yet broken out of the graveyard? 
all you see from this vantage point is that the gate is hanging off of one hinge. Okay. If you so no, closer, no clue. Right, yeah. right. Do you guys want to go closer to it, like like it's caught our eyes and we're interested, or should we just continue on towards the Cape of Hera? Grog seems to benefit in dead people, but Grog is also very aware that dead people coming back to life. Maybe we shouldn't take an eye off of that graveyard while we're walking past it. Mm. I, I I think that's a good idea too. Like, let's not approach it, but you know, maybe there's something to do with that graveyard that we should keep in mind just in case. So I think we've all we've all agreed yeah, to just continue walking. As you draw even with the gate, a shape comes stumbling out of the broken gate with its arms outstretched and you hear a moan coming from this figure. Yeah. You found us. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear it trapped, um, like a trapped moan saying and I want y'all to roll for initiative. 19, 16 plus 3, 20. So- 19 plus 1. Check it in. I'll stop the rod, Grog. <laughs> I got a 15. Grog, it is your turn first, and I will let you all decide how you'd like to either stay together, fan out, pick certain like locations that you'd like to be at before we actually enter into combat, because logically... The way that I look at it, if you hear a or see a zombie, you're not all going to stand in one spot. You're going to move around. But yeah. I do give you the option to stand still if you wish. Grog, bucket, standing where I am. Boomerang, <laughs> coming out of the backpack. It, are there any trees or anything about other than the around the fence? Um, they will be trees on the other side of the road. They're just like the other ones they are basically just limbs and the trunk, no leaves. Okay, I would still like to stand with my back to one of those trees, please. Uh, no problem. I would like to move back maybe two paces and then brandish both of my short swords just to prepare for battle. Works for me. So, Grog, what do you do? It's your turn first. Boomerang, baby. <laughs> of course. Uh, okay. It's worked so far. So, uh, hit 22. That will hit. Nice. Describe damage. it to us. Okay. Whenever you get your damage, describe it to us. Grog, like in all other circumstances, not proficient in boomerang, but we'll always give it a go. Pull the boomerang from the pack and hurl it hard as God can, right at the face of Senior Zombie for eight damage. Sweet. Uh, we'll say that uh, you shear off the very top of his like, I'm trying to describe this, like it, the boomerang curves up and it cuts off the front of his face, his chin, and curves up into the air. His scalp is still flapping on his head, but you still see his skull as it continues coming forward after you all. Your hit, though, has turned it so that it is now going to go after MP instead of you alone. And it begins marching. 
Sweet. I'm glad I sharpened that boomerang. Well, I don't have a grand deal of weapons other than a dagger. So that's what I'm going to use. I'm going to go in and I'm going to go in through for the, the classic neck cut. Sweet. Now you can throw your dagger if you would rather. It, it can be used as a ranged weapon. I mean, whichever one you would rather do. I would let you know. Yeah, in that case, let's let's go with the range. I'll throw it first. Uh -huh. Again, roll to hit, yeah? Yeah. Uh, 15 plus 6. That will hit. Okay. Where do you want it to hit at? Once you roll your damage, I'll let you narrate it. The other side of the flapping head. So it's just sticking out the top at this point. Sweet. Uh, I guess now just roll for damage, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a button right underneath the roll to hit. Uh, five. Five. This zombie is uh is looking rough. Where where's the knife sticking out of? Out of the top of his head? Yeah, just at the top of his head. The part that's still left there after it's been sheared off by the boomerang. It's just sticking out that part. I guess what's left of its eye socket. Sweet. The zombie looking for easier prey turns and begins stumbling towards Chad. Or towards um uh, I knew I'd Brago. Right, yeah. Um, so is it a, a D20 for damage? No, it is a D20 plus your proficiency mm. plus whatever modifier of attack you're using. I think I just want to make sure. Cause, yeah. All right, so I got... So damage, I got a 15. You got a 15 to hit? Yes. That will hit. All right, so I uh, well, of course, I brandish both of my short swords. So, if I understand correctly, being the level I am, I can choose to hit twice with both swords. So, mm -hmm. I will choose to attack twice with both of my short swords on the zombie. You, I believe, you have two weapon fighting, right? Yes. Then yes, you can. You can do that. So I'll select to basically rush towards the zombie after making distance away and brandishing my short swords. And mm -hmm. then I'll rush towards him as fast as I can. And then I'll slice him in like an X uh, fashion, like in like the, like the style of an X. Now with two weapon fighting, you have to roll to hit with the second weapon too. Right. All right let me do that real quick. I got a five that time. <laughs> I narrate your hit, and uh, I'll narrate the miss. All right. So I try to rush at the opponent, and I try to slash the zombie with both of my swords in, in X fashion. So basically running, I have both of my swords, and then I slice upwards. Um, of course, both are kind of like pointing down, like almost like a diagonal formation. And then as I rush, I go to slice upwards, trying to cut the zombie in a, in an X. Uh, your first slice connects solidly, digging in and killing the zombie. And you hear a whistling noise. And as you look up, the boomerang comes back down at you. And the part of the face that was cut off of the zombie lands right on your face. Okay. <laughs> yes. I my boomerang. Back. I kissed the zombie and I liked it. How come my boomerang back, bro? 
I'm yeah, the, just let me uh, wipe off this zombie spit off my mouth. But yeah, let me uh, dig the boomerang out of its embedded skull. <laughs> and if I can have the dagger back as well, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get your weapons. Just hold on real quick, okay? Well, there's nothing without his boomerang. All right, so <laughs> I, go to, I go to pull the, the boomerang out of the back of the zombie skull. I, uh, I take the blade from basically kind of like it's embedded kind of the top of the zombie. So I pull it out as hard as I can to uh, give it back to MP as well as make sure that I have the boomerang for Grog. And of course, as you pull the dagger out, it makes that horrible squelching noise and a putrid smell just wafts all over you. Not to mention the fact that you got hit in the face with like zombie flesh. Uh, <laughs> no, you smell worse than Krog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, after uh, getting the weapons back, I walk back towards MP, hand him his dagger. And then, of course, walk over to Grog and hand him his boomerang back. Because he's nothing well his boomerang! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a sharp boomerang this time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I didn't come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say the magic words. No. And you're out of battle, having killed a zombie. So do you continue on now? Do you go into the cemetery to see if there's others? What do you do now? I don't want to really hang around and have to <laughs> fight huge swarms of zombies. Yeah. I mean, that zombie didn't go down easy either. Like, Grog's yeah. boomerang was thrown with all the Grog's strength and only cut off <laughs> half the face. Thank God yeah, for the it, took, it took all three of us just to put down one zombie. I feel like if a horde of them were to somehow appear, I mean, we we'd be done for. I think that this the longer we stay in this town and the more we encounter the living dead, the worse things are going to get. So I feel like we should head towards that mount, the, the cave of Hera as fast as we can. Yeah, let's get rolling. Yep. Yeah. Grog will have a drink and then go with you. Just make sure it's not your potion, Grog. Not the potion. It's <laughs> one of the bottles I acquired from the bony bar, which I'm now going to call it. Bony bar. Make I like it. The poison bite. The bone in, you know. <laughs> are you going to be sharpening your boomerang or are you just going to leave it like it is? Oh, it needs to be as sharp as possible. So I will also sharpen it. Sweet. Uh, you all continue walking along this, this road that turns more so into like a, like a well-traveled trail. You can feel and see the wagon ruts as well as where the horses Hooves and all would walk, and you know after after several several hours of, of nothing really happening, you know hearing the the owls and you know wolves in the distance, you notice that the mountain is coming up rather quickly, and as as you begin to approach, you notice that there is a rather unusual storm cloud building over this it was hidden from you before but as you approach you see the clouds pulsating with a dark purple lightning you see some some regular lightning in it as well and if you look closer at the cloud you can almost see them move whenever the thunder rumbles in it that's not ominous at all 
Quag no, no, thinks no, that no. this is a really picturesque scene. Let's go. <laughs> Very inviting. And uh, you, you're all not sure if it's uh, Grog's stomach that is rumbling or if it's actual, you know, storm cloud. <laughs> I assume um, Grog still has gas. Oh, he does. He does. Nice. <laughs> he does. And the, oh, the mountain, excuse me, is probably another couple hours away. Um, it's really big from this vantage point, you know, and I had said it was like a day away, but as, you know, not to have to narrate for like 24 hours, I'll say that, uh, you know, y'all got here rather quickly. Um, after all, you're all blessed by Erebus, um, excuse me, Erebus as well. So you arrive at the base of this mountain and as you come upon it, you notice that there's a total lack of any animal life. No birds, no crickets, no owls, no kind of animal life. And in fact, there's nothing much else but the actual mountain and, you know, the, the cave entrance here, as well as, you know, the storm cloud and lightning from above. So mm. the the cave's entrance is about 50 feet away. What is wrong with this location? Everything is dead, no matter where we go. Grog's not dead. Guarantee you that. I Well, of course you're not dead, Grog. I mean, your liver and your, your kidneys probably, but you yourself know. <laughs> you don't know Grog's kidneys. They're made of iron. <laughs> so Grog thinks that the sooner we go in there, the sooner we get Godwine. Uh, also, we get out of this terrible weather, which I don't want to have to put up with. So I think it'd be a lot safer. As funny as that is to say, but I think we'd be a little bit safer in that terrible cave. Definitely. Let's uh, let's head in. Mm-hmm. As you go to step on to the path that leads into the actual cave, a streak of lightning slams into the mountain. And you notice that a pulsing bluish-purple light comes from inside the cave. I mean, that's nothing concerning. Croc sees that many times. I mean, um, it's not the strangest thing I've seen so far when coming to this town. So as much as I am cautious of that, um, I I expect stuff like this to happen. Uh, Croc is going to chug half of the bottle that he has because Grog is concerned about magic wizard men inside the cave. Uh, I guess I didn't think about that. It's possible, but uh, I mean, we have no choice. we got to get into that cave no matter what. Grog's going in drunk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as Grog walks drinking uh, another bottle of booze, the three of us continue to walk towards the entrance of the cave. As you are walking towards the cave probably five feet before you step in. I need all of you to roll a wisdom save. I knew something like this was happening, so... Wisdom save, you said. Well, it's not the wisest of dwarfs. (laughs) I hate wisdoms. I hate wisdoms. Oh, fuck me! No, thank you. I'm trying to quit. I, I got a five. Minus. I got a five, but I'm minus one, so I got a freaking four. Uh, uh, I can beat that, Braggo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. MP, what did you roll? Sweet five. 
Three plus two, baby. Grog <laughs> got two. So technically you got, got a, at all. technically you got a worse score than I, but you have plus advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grog got a two. <laughs> oh, so we're all fucked. <laughs> ah, and I'll go in turn. Okay, so in, five, four, and two. MP, inside your head, you hear a different sounding voice than the priest. It's the voice that you heard before saying to you, are you sure that you can trust them? Are you sure you want to put your back to a drunk and an inept fool who likes to play with zombies? Are you sure that you want to risk your life for them? Why not leave now? Um, uh, <laughs> I'll let you think about it. Let's see, I guess while he's battling his inner demon, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll move to, um, I don't know why your name is so hard to remember. <laughs> some of the other ones I had. Braggo. Anyway, Braggard. Close, Braggo. Braggo. <laughs> like, uh, it, it should be so simple, but I mean, there's so much else going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's fine. Why not choose a name like Bob? You know, I can do a bomb. I'm actually personally attached to the Brago, so uh, I'll yeah, stick with Brago. <laughs> um, inside your head, you will hear the same voice that MP hears, although you do not know that. It's a you know, slightly higher-pitched voice, and, and it will say to you, are you sure you want to risk your life? For these two, what about your dear mother? What about your family? They want you to return. Are you sure you can trust your life to these two? A drunk and an inept rogue who gets brought here because he tried to steal from someone? Why do you want to help out this god? I have a quick question for you, Dungeon Daddy. Yes. So if I want to, like, battle with my thoughts when I need to roll like constitution or anything. That's why you had the wisdom thing. Okay. So Mm -hmm. like, I just want to like see, because of course, like my first thought would be to say, well, my, my, I mean, we know my, my father's dead. Um, He was killed when I was born. And then of course, I don't know anything about my mother's family because they killed my father. And then of Mm -hmm. course I haven't talked to my mother in years. So my first thought will be like, well, I guess I'd still like to meet my mother, but I, you know, I don't have a lot of attachment to my family at this point because I haven't really had time to deal with them. So I'm just trying to think like if I was to try and counter with the fact like, you know, yes, I I love my mother, but you know, I, you know, I'm still not sure, you know, where my allegiance lies with that. Also keep in mind the mother that is being referred to could be the mother that raised you, uh-huh. not necessarily your biological mother. Okay. But we'll come back around to okay. that in All just right. a second. Grog, as as these two are battling with their the inner voice inside their head, the voice comes to you as well. I can give you all of the alcohol you would ever <laughs> We're need. screwed. <laughs> Do you want to trust yourself to these two? Neither one of them even drink. 
you were hardy enough to try that liquid that was still in that bottle, and I can put my backing behind someone of your constitution and valor. Grog agrees. Yeah, I knew he was going to agree. Grog wants to ask the voice in his head what kind of liquor and where is the liquor? What kind do you want and where do you want? Everything. He wants it right now. (laughs) In your mind, there is a golden cup that appears. This cup could be never-ending. Think of an alcohol right now. Hmm. Krog would like ale. Inside the cup, you see exactly what you ask for, and in your mouth, you taste it, even though there's no liquid in it. But without the liquid, this isn't drinking. This is thinking of drinking. Krog is suspicious. <laughs> Krog is it very suspicious. It could be yours. There's no, there's no fun if he's not getting drunk. <laughs> and what is drunkenness without two people with grog to also drink? Or more people? And, you know, there's no more people other than Mr. Rag and Bone Man in the temple who disappears. <laughs> so grog is not going to abandon these two because they have money to buy grog drinks. Hey, whilst I'm stood here battling with my demons, I think I've pretty much decided that whilst I like you guys, the best thing I personally can do is persuade you, Grog, because you seem like the stupidest, to go in first. Can I persuade him to do that? Roll persuasion. And with all of your thoughts, that's all that I was requiring to see if you could beat the voice in your head. I got sweet persuasion skills. Sixteen. Uh, Seven plus nine. Sixteen. Um, Damn, that's a great plus. Roll me a perception, Grog. Uh, insight. Insight. That's what I'm going to go Insight. With. I will roll yeah. an insight. Twelve. Twelve. So, no. Um, <laughs> In you go, Grog. <laughs> you fully believe that he is backing you. Um Believing in you, and I want to hear the speech that MP is going to give to Grog to build him up into going first. Grog, you sexy beast. You seem like a man. He's strong, powerful, and can take on anything. Not to mention, if we all go in here, I'll buy you a drink afterwards. I'll buy you a big old drink. What kind of drink? Grog needs to know. <laughs> what drink do you what drink do you want, bro? Grog needs the strongest, and also Grog needs a wench to help him with that drink. I can get you both those things. Grog agrees. Let's <laughs> fucking do this. I, 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 like I told y'all yesterday, I always envision what my players are doing. I picture Grog like pulling out the boomerang and beginning to march in while the both of you are still left outside. You know, in peace, rubbing his hands together. Perfect. Perfect. Speaking of um, which, can I uh, also try and uh, persuade Brocco to go in as well? Second, well, like, you seem you seem pretty you seem bef- pretty good. Before as well. you know we do doing. that, <laughs> I never gave my answer definitively, so I would like to deliver my answer. Good. Basically, what I decided is. Although I can't determine whether it's uh, my my birth mother, who you know I really don't have a lot of you know care for, but would like to meet again because she abandoned me. Um, I know the only chance that I'll ever have to see the the giantess that raised me 
as well as maybe even have the chance to locate my birth mother is if I make it out of this alive. And to do so, I need to put my trust in both MP and Gronk. So I deny the voice in my head because I realized that the only way that I'm going to survive this is if I place trust in these two strangers. Very good. So now roll me another persuasion and Brago, roll me an insight to see if you can see past his Bullshit. trying to, yeah, buttering up, brown nosing, whatever you want to call uh, it. So I got 17, 8 plus 9. He's a sexy man beast. <laughs> By Austin Powers, you know. Yeah, baby. So I got a 15 plus 2. I got a 17. You both tie. I'll let it go to Bragger. I'll let him see that you're trying to butter him up to go first. Ah, damn. Listen, Bragger. Krug's already going in. If me and you go in next, we'll go in together. You know, you've got got the sort of short combat style down. And I've got your back. I can throw knives. So between us both, even if Krug dies... Me and you will still survive. We got this. We just need to stick together. Completely agree that Grog, he's the most... Expendable. Yeah. Well, not, not just that. He's, he's strong, sturdy, feel like he can take a blow and, and give one back. So I think he's definitely the, the best tank we've got. You and I, I think we should go in together and back him up. I mean, I definitely think, though, I'm good as a middleman and you... Do you have a good point about, you know, kind of throwing your knives, but uh, let's let's go in together. Seems fair. Off you go, Grog. We're right behind you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Dungeon Daddy's Disciples. Music used during the one-shot Dungeon Daddy's Disciples provided by Michael Gelfie of Michael Gelfie Studios. Transcription was provided by Kimberly Kaiser. Links are in the show notes. You can find the Hindsight Disciples over on Twitter at 2200Hindsight and on Anchor. You can find your Seesaw Disciples on Twitter at SeesawPod or find them at www.seesawpodcast.com. And you can find their dungeon at Richard at Braille Knights on Twitter and www.knightsofthebraille.com. Be sure to check out Everyone Games at www.everyone-games.com because everybody deserves to get. Tune in next week for another episode. Same time, same place. The DD and his disciples will see you there. All right, that's where we leave it for this week, folks. With MP and his infinite wisdom convincing Grog and his infinite idiocy to go into that cave before himself and Brago. Next week, tune in to find out whether our heroes live or die. See you then, guys. Thank you for listening to this Diceheads production. The Diceheads were constantly on the lookout for new content creators from the world of tabletop gaming. So if you want to work with the Diceheads team, or even have your own content that you'd like Diceheads to host, then simply drop us a message. You can find us on Twitter at The Diceheads, by email at thediceheads at gmail.com, or on our website, thediceheads.com. All comments and feedback are greatly appreciated. And so until next time, keep rolling. Keep rolling.